Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk to you about things you should have learned in school but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And both of us are going to be telling you something this time, not just me. Yeah, although I really enjoyed last week. I got to sit back because I had major researcher's block and just listen to something that I thought was pretty great. Although Taylor Swift has not offered to pay for our new roof or other housing needs. So if you all could reach out to her and tell her that we adore her and we did a whole episode because of her and we need help with our roof. I understand that she is very busy and she probably hasn't listened to my episode. I understand it. But she made eye contact with me and I thought that meant something, but apparently it didn't. <laughs> we should... uh I should get better about tweeting more often. I'll tag her again later today. God. T-Swift, we need a new roof. I don't know which would be worse, her getting in contact with us or her not getting in contact with us. Because I feel like I just let her down. She sends us a cease and desist. It's like, uh-oh. And this week we also had the inauguration. Yes, we did. I do feel for Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, because she didn't get to wear her inauguration outfit for that evening. And... No matter who you are, if you got an outfit that you, like, got an outfit, you're always going to be disappointed, even if you are Dr. Jill Biden. And if you got to see it, like, look it up online. It is amazing. It's not often that you see a dress with so much symbolism in it. But without being, like, aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And it all went on, like, okay, I'm not a crier at all. Austin can attest to that. And when the 2016 election results came out, I didn't cry. I burst into maniacal laughter. For four years, I've kind of just stayed that course. And then the moment the Bidens got to the White House steps and were waiting to be let in because Trump fired the guy who was supposed to open the door 30 minutes before all this started, I suddenly, like, you know when there's a crisis and then once the crisis has gotten to a at least a manageable point and that tension breaks and you realize how much danger you were in and that's when you feel it. That's what happened. And I burst into tears. Thankfully, I work from home and just head on desk cried. Uh, um, my office is in the middle of moving for a remodel right now. And uh, I'm going to be working in a crime lab. So that's cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we're all like in the middle of packing and then you know the audition starts and we start watching it. And we're all just kind of like around our laptops, like just crying the entire time. <laughs> Like, me and everyone I work with, it was... <laughs> yes. I freely admit, Biden was my fifth choice. But by God, he has gotten so much done, and I am thus far reasonably pleased. I don't like his Secretary of Education choice, but she's not Betsy. he's not Betsy DeVos, so that's important. You're just and... mad that it wasn't you. <laughs> I feel like I could have at least had this conversation with him, but then he'd be like, you have a podcast about what? And you cuss how much? Although you know he cusses like we do. Possibly more. Yes. I remember that time that um, Obama signed something and Biden leaned over with not remembering like, that he could be hurt. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very happy that he's in there now. And he is. I have never seen a president. And I've lived through four, um, five. Um, but I've never seen one actually say I'm going to do X, Y and Z on day one. Actually do anything on day one and he signed things on day one and day two i'm gonna be talking about something he signed Ooh. um i think it was day one actually i'll check today and the other thing we talked about this week was we looked at the obama recommended reading list and it's varied but it's still very all like these are the things you should have on your bookshelf to impress people 
So we started wondering, what do you think, and you guys feel free to tweet us, what do you think is like the trashy TV or books or movies that that family secretly loves? I know, I know for a fact that he must have binged all of Tiger King, like in an afternoon. I don't know if Michelle would have allowed that one. I, think I, sh- I feel like that wouldn't be her thing. We were talking about the possibility of them liking uh, Love at First Sight, or Love is Blind. <laughs> Love is Blind. Uh, on Netflix, you're like, but if Jessica is 34. No, Michelle, if Jessica is 34, but, but then Mark is 24, and <laughs> I do a really bad... While Michelle just rolls her eyes at this whole situation. But so if you have any ideas, like, what trashier, not necessarily like full trash, like Austin and I love... But, like, do you think that they're sitting around watching the Hallmark Christmas movies? Or do you think that they're, you know, watching The Masked Singer every week like we are and we'd live tweet it when it's happened? Masked Dancer's not worth it. Um, okay. Do you think if they do watch The Masked Singer, do you think he is trying to, like, use his, like, intelligence briefings to try and figure out who they are? It's like, I don't, I don't care that you think this is a waste of CIA resources. Tell me who the ice cream is. I know he'll never go on the show, no. but I'd love it. I mean, we had Sarah Palin on there. But Barack Obama's a politician. <laughs> Barack Obama can sing, though. Yeah. Remember that one time? Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I have a feeling that he there's at least one reality show they really like. There's got to be some sitcoms. And can you imagine if they secretly read the Chuck Tingle novels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Wasn't there one about Obama? I can't remember. There's, there's a couple. There's a few about Obama, a few about Biden, uh, a few about Trump. Do you think that he read the one that's like him and Joe Biden as crime fighters? The, uh... Hope never dies. Yes, I read and it, it's, and it's sequel. I can't remember the There's name of the sequel. sequel. There's a sequel. Yeah, the book is enjoyable. That's how I'll put it. It's not great literature. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Do you think? Okay, is my new goal in life? It used to be play checkers with Joe Biden. Now it might be to get him to sign a copy of Hope Never Dies. You know, I bet if we asked Joe Biden which trashy shows he's into, he'd probably give us an answer. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, would. I feel. I feel like he might watch Masked Singer. <laughs> all right so um who goes first this week since you did a whole episode i think that i don't know i guess i technically went first and last last week so i'm just gonna decide and say you get to go first all right so when i was a teacher without fail every year dress codes were a topic of conversation in my class usually it was a kid complaining about how teachers didn't have dress codes and they did teachers actually have far stricter dress codes than the kids do but you know, they don't realize it. They don't see the paperwork that we have to sign, and it's fine. Sometimes it was a kid asking, you know, why did I get in trouble? This is a completely acceptable outfit, which it always was. Or like one of those news stories about a kid getting in trouble and having something really horrible happen along with it. Every year this discussion happened. And when there's a rule in place, like a dress code, it's essential that anybody the rule applies to knows why the rule is there. Doesn't matter if it's a dress code, doesn't matter if it's like a law, you should know why it happened. And so like we know, for instance, why you can't talk back to teachers. I mean, there are some teachers who are like, kids should constantly be respectful of adults and subservient and seen and not heard, you know, like uh, Buster from <laughs> from Russian He should Development. neither be seen nor neither heard. seen nor heard. But in general, it's this is how you handle interactions with superiors. And a good teacher will also allow there to be a discussion, just teaching you how to be polite more than, you know, not allowing you to have a voice. Things have changed since the 90s, guys. So I'm going to talk about dress codes, why they're here, the history of them, what rights people have, things like that. And I'm going to start by being frank. I don't like dress codes. 
I think they're discriminatory against girls and LGBTQ students and students of color. I think that they hurt kids in poverty who can't afford to constantly upgrade their wardrobes. I feel like violations are handled in ways that are incredibly inappropriate, both to their emotional well-being and to their ability to learn, all of which I will talk about. And I do think, I'm not saying there should be no rules. I, like, you should be learning situational appropriateness. Girls wearing tank tops and they have to be at least three finger widths, but I'm sorry, I got chubby fingers. Tank tops are not going to meet this. Or girls whose shorts are too short, but it's based on them placing a dollar bill against a child's leg to see how long they are, or making them stand up straight with their arms at their sides to see if they hit the fingertips, or, and yes, Austin, this happens, making them bend over so you can look at their ass and see if you can see their underwear. That's not good. No, no, no. I got dress coded once as a kid. I never got in any real trouble as a kid. I got dress coded once, and I still remember the extreme humiliation I felt, especially because I was going to recess. It was fourth grade. I'm like, do, 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 going to recess. I got pulled out of the line by our extremely perverted male principal who allowed the thin girls with the big booties elementary school to walk around in booty shorts, and I had long shorts on that were tight. And I got dress coded and had to call my mom and have her bring me clothes. And he didn't seem to understand why I was crying. Asshole. I got dress coded once. Um, it was because I was wearing a rugby shirt that had Guinness printed across it in oh. gigantic letters. Now, this is not the first time I had worn this. This was like my junior year and I'd had this thing since I was a freshman. And mm -hmm. I wore it frequently. Once I got called on it. Okay, I need to say something. I was a very naive high schooler. Incredibly naive. I had shirts that I definitely should have been dress coded for in hindsight, and I would have had no understanding of why it happened. I had one that was Curious George after he uh, inhaled the ether. I remember that shirt. And I had another one that was the uh, Tootsie Roll Owl, and it said, how many licks does it take? I Oh, yeah, I remember that one. No idea that they were inappropriate. I thought you were being like smarmy with that one. No idea. Wow. I was incredibly naive. You Okay, you are not as cool as I thought you were in high school. I mean, I was cool in other ways. You were very cool in other ways. I dyed my hair all those colors. You did. Mostly red. All right, so in my years of teaching, I never once dress-coded a kid. Not once. I got in a lot of trouble several times for not dress-coding dress coding kid. Usually, I didn't notice what they were wearing because I'm an adult who's not looking at children's bodies. But also, like, I'm just easily, I easily miss things. If they were wearing something awesome and I noticed it, I would comment on it. Like if they had like a really cool new outfit or new hairstyle, or if they had like a shirt on that was a TV show I also liked, that's as far as it went. Um, if I noticed a kid was wearing something that could get them in trouble, I would quietly go up to them after I'd been teaching and be like, hey, how about you uh, run to the costume closet? Because I don't want you getting in trouble. You're in no trouble with me. I don't want you getting in trouble later today because you know how it goes and just return it to me tomorrow. Every single time a kid returned it to me. And I even had kids who would run in at the beginning of the day going, I didn't realize my shorts had gotten too short. Can I borrow something? Oh, yeah. Kids grow. I didn't even think about that with shorts yeah. being too short. Yeah. And always, always like bring it back tomorrow. And they'd go to the costumes closet, get something to cover up, keep kids from getting in trouble and missing school time. I don't see the point in dress coding kids, but I did see the point in making sure they didn't get dress coded. And I did my best to make it as not embarrassing as possible because I remembered that feeling. But you're supposed to be ashamed of your body. That's what the Puritans taught us. Yeah, I know. 
Anyway, um, ever since school started, back when kids attended poorly heated classrooms and teachers who couldn't even do things like marry, we have had dress codes of some kind. At the beginning, it was pretty much don't wear your hats inside because it, historically, and that's why you still can't wear them today. It's rude to wear your hat inside. That's it is. the actual reason. Especially uh, you fedora wear dudes. That's true. But we also say, you know, it's because we can't see your eyes under your brim. I'm like, okay, first of all, not all hats have brims. And secondly, you're making kids who have to wear hats because they're bald for some reason stand out more. And kids, when they see somebody getting a privilege that they see it as without fully understanding the reasoning. Like I had a kid in my second and third grade class who was diabetic. So he got snacks and the other kids complained because well, I hate it. why does he get snacks and we don't? And then they had to share all the medical information. Just let everybody wear hats. Let everybody eat snacks. You can't learn if you're hungry. And if you have a fully staffed custodial team, which you should, but schools don't, why are you getting bugs? Anyway, but it really got to be a big thing when we started, quote unquote, allowing Native American children to enter our classrooms. And by allowing, I mean forcing them to go to white schools, worship the white god, take on white names, and start dressing like a white person. That is where dress codes really initiated. This was all about assimilation. And the racism we've seen in dress code implementation obviously isn't new. We're still seeing it today, though. Um, yeah, we, um, we had, there's a case in Kansas uh, like this week where a cheerleader got suspended for because her hair was too long. She'd gotten extensions and her coach decided that's too long. You could hurt someone. Was she black? Yes. Yeah. We suck. Um, and we still, Native American kids experience this ex discrimination at extremely high rates. Um, the one that stuck out to me the most, and I looked it up to remember all the details, a teacher named Mary Easton a few years ago cut off a few inches of a Native American girl named Mackenzie Johnson's braids. Why? Because what on earth would make she you think that's appropriate? was racist. Before this, it was Halloween, and there was another Native American girl in the class who had like blood on her face for her costume. And she goes, what are you, a bloody Indian? Oh, yeah, that teacher should be fired. Um, and I, there was no impetus for her cutting off the other girl's braid, but she cut off about three inches of it and then sprinkled it all over the girl's desk. Now, the big irony here is that this teacher, Mary Easton, because I'm going to keep saying her name because she deserves people to know who she was, was dressed as Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans, who was part black, part Native American, and part French, who practiced, among other things, Native American spiritualism. I'm actually going to talk about her in another episode because she's fascinating. We learned mm -hmm. about her on our trip to New Orleans. Yes. But she didn't see, first of all, why it wasn't okay that she was dressing for Halloween as a person of color, but also the irony in her dressing as a person who is Native American and practiced Native American religions while also harassing Native American students for being Native American. So this hasn't changed. And while schools, though, have always had some kind of code of conduct, laws about it really began specifically about school dress codes in Tinker versus Des Moines Independent School District in 1969, a Supreme Court of the United States case. Okay, so school district went all the way to the Supreme Court. All the way to the Supreme Court. It was actually fascinating. I didn't leave in all the de details. Um, in this case, the students in Des Moines were suspended for wearing black armbands to protest the Vietnam War. Things went back and forth through the courts. Some said, yeah, this is a violation of your First Amendment rights. Others said it's really not because schools can set their own rules. But those ones even said, take this to a higher court because we're really not sure. So it went to the Supreme Court, who decided on what is still the basis of most, in theory, in, of most dress codes, which is that these uh, dress codes can be implemented if there is a concern that it will disrupt learning or violate others' rights. 
So they felt that the black armbands would have disrupted learning. But it did not disrupt others' rights. Yeah, it had. To, it was an or. The thing is, though... That should have been an and. The thing is, though, they... Um, well, you'll see why, there's an, why the or is important later on. They went to the school district and so some kids actually did wear the black armbands. Every student said it wasn't a distraction. That these kids weren't organizing a protest. They weren't talking about it. They weren't saying anything. They just had on the black armbands. And kids went, huh, black armband. And then went on with their lives. Then in 1996, Bill Clinton, during his State of the Union, decided to talk about school uniforms and say that every school should have them, sending out the manual of school uniforms to schools across the country. He said that it was to improve school safety and behavior. Remember yesterday I said, wait until you hear one of the descriptors on there? Yeah. A descriptor is like a tag or a keyword, like a hashtag. Mm -hmm. Social control. Oh, no. Yeah. Sitting up straight in my chair because I'm so angry. I actually kind of remember this because the school I attended at the time got the manual and decided, hmm, maybe we should adopt this. And they even had a stupid ass, probably humiliating fashion show that we all had to go and waste our class time at where they forced kids whose parents wanted to implement this to model the possible uniforms for us. Ew. Enough parents were like, no, this is stupid, that the school said, well, we can make them optional, which obviously would increase bullying. So they scrap it entirely, which was good because it was I, weird. I remember we just had like a like theoretical discussion about school uniforms and the consensus of everyone was, this is stupid. I don't want to have to buy new clothes. And what if your parents can't afford to buy you an entire new set of clothes just for school? Oh, I'll talk about that too, though. If they had said, hey, we can't fire our principal, but he's a huge pervert and this might keep his eyes off your girl's asses. Maybe that would have worked because it's really hard to get someone fired. He's not there anymore. I'm sure he's dead by now. We can only hope. So Clinton claimed that it increases social positivity and lowers lowers violence. I read through the evidence of this that he got from schools that had implemented this. It's bullshit. The evidence is bullshit. They spend most of it claiming kids feel a certain way, which is not quantifiable. And if you did give a kid a survey, how many surveys do you take in high school where you had to put your name on it? I honestly don't remember. Like, I remember we had to take this, like, life satisfaction survey, and it was, you know, do you feel sad this many days a week, that kind of bullshit? And we had to put our names on it. I got called to the counselor's office because it turned out that one was good and five was bad, and I had just flipped the two because I didn't read the instructions. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember this one. I just went through and just filled in the median answer. I think it was, like, just threes across the board. I was a very studious kid. I thought I got to the counselor and she's like, okay, we got your results. I'm like, what's wrong with them? And she told me, I'm like, oh, I flipped it. And she goes, oh, every kid has said that we screwed up. Because, <laughs> you know. Oh, then, the, then they should have like looked the other way. I was like, what about the kids? Yes, kid who they should have. And I guarantee you they didn't, which is part of why the ones that have data, I don't trust school data. I'm putting that, I'm not supposed to say that as a former teacher. I don't trust school data. You shouldn't either because it is easily manipulated because kids and teachers are scared to tell the truth because they throw things out. Kids get written up for violence. The write-ups get thrown out because it's bad data. They don't want it out there. So you'll see the same thing with like, you know, uh, police forces, like in mm-hmm. New York City, they mm-hmm. like try to like not report crimes. So it doesn't look like there's a rising crime rate mm-hmm. or it's just, yeah, it's. So there was one that pretended it was data saying this year, the demeanor in the school has improved 98% because you can quantify demeanor. And more fully, 98% is bullshit. That's not possible. That is not possible. 
funny how I worked at a school where suddenly our behavior improved by like 97% (laughs) in a quarter. Um, That same fucker said he started this program because students were, quote, dragon, sagging, and lagging. In the 90s, who was wearing sagging pants? Uh, Would that be African-American students? It would. So you can't tell me he didn't start this to punish the black boys. A few of them did provide actual data, but like I said, it's alterable. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the reasons that schools use? One is safety. This one is fine. I'm, for the most part, okay with this. And like safety, unless you're like doing your Katniss impression and you have a dress that catches on fire. No, like schools don't allow flip-flops or high heels or any kind of open shoes because of the ease of getting injured. Um, I can honestly say three of the four times I've broken my foot, I was wearing flip-flops. Um, high heels, twist, break your ankle. Or like open-toed shoes, break your toes. Those things, I get it. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan because I was the barefoot teacher, but I get it. Um, but then there are the iffy ones, like you can't wear certain colors because it could be a gang color, or you can't have large pockets because obviously you have a gun in those, which that kind of behavior has been proven to actually make behavior worse um, because sh- they become what they what you say they are. Um uh, the reason that we couldn't have large pockets was because we kept our Game Boys in them. And then you could fit a full-on old-school Game Boy, which was about the size of, like, six iPhones taped together. You could fit those in one of your pockets. But if you can give me any kind of data saying that this type of clothing is directly related to a safety issue, fine. Although there was one I saw in the UK that I didn't include this for, where a Muslim girl got in trouble because her skirt was too long. Now, long skirts are tripping hazards. As someone who wore long skirts all through high school, by um, like my tie-dye skirt and stuff like that, they are a fucking hazard. But it was her religious background, and they tried to make her shorten her skirt. That's not appropriate. Um, then there's bullying. Another reason they give, bullying goes down. Here's the thing. They can't prove the two things are connected. And anecdotally, at least, I can tell you this is not connected. I attended a uniform school. I taught it too. The magic, there one was a magical school. There was no bullying at it to speak of, at least not with my first year there. Because these kids had been together since kindergarten and had been raised to be kind to each other from kindergarten. That's what was the difference. They knew each other. And it was the entire grade had... 30 kids in it. Also a big difference. Having small class sizes where you are forced to know names and stories, that will help with bullying because you can't depersonalize as easily. Um, The other uniform schools had bullying issues, but they were more personal, like your skin, your weight, your name, things like that. I can think of one instance in my non-uniform schools, because they actually overall had less bullying issues, where bullying was based on clothing. And it was 2016, and a boy wore a Trump shirt at least once a week. Now, he wasn't bullied. It was bordering on bullying behaviors. The kids, I never once saw them say anything mean to him, but they didn't invite him to groups. Now, I never had a kid go, I don't want to work with them, because I'd assign him to a group. They'd be like, okay, move on with their lives. He wasn't a mean kid. He wasn't. He went out of his way to help the special needs students. He greeted me every day. He was a, he was a nice kid, but... That kind of that shirt got him a little bit some some uh, social isolation happened, which is actually I kind of lean towards you shouldn't be allowed to wear politically based things. But that also goes towards like, well, what charities are considered political? And at that point, it's worth it's not worth the the yeah. conversation. I got uh, one time I was wearing a pair of Adidas shoes after uh, they decided Adidas were no longer cool. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, why are you still wearing those? And it's like, 
I don't buy my own shoes. I'm 12. Oh, yeah. I never saw bullying based on boys' shoes. Okay. The whole girls love shoes things. Yes, girls love shoes. Boys love shoes. Oh, my. Oh, my God. They will spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on a single pair of shoes constantly if they can. While girls are like, this is my one pair of Manolo Blahniks. I'm going to worship these forever. Mm -hmm. I love shoes. You should have seen my shoe collection in my classrooms because I walked to school in flip flops and then changed into appropriate shoes. Appropriate, quote unquote. Preparing them for work. They say that this is to teach them what to expect after high school when they have to dress in a certain way in workplaces. Now, this is one I can also get on board with to an extent. I actually was like, okay, I get this one until I read an article. Because when you read something that is well-researched and well-reasoned that challenges your beliefs, you should be willing to question your beliefs. I know. What? It's groundbreaking. This was from the uh, from Fresno Pacific University. They also agreed this sounds good in theory, but, quote, the lack of uniform approach to acceptable workplace dress does not mean each workplace does not have expectations. Rather, it means students need to adapt, not conform. Students need to dress appropriately based on context. Dress codes do not facilitate this learning. Instead, dress codes teach students that conformity and obedience to authority are the most important. Employers want adaptable workers adept at creative and critical thinking, good decision-making, and effective problem-solving. So this was interesting. I've worked in places that had uniforms. I've worked in places, like right now, where it's, don't be an idiot, you're going to work. Like, if I showed up in a an oversized hoodie and a pair of shorts, they'd be like, okay. Um, yeah, it, it's also interesting to talk about this now in the times of coronavirus. Oh, now that now there's um, there are no rules. It's like, I'm, like I showed up to work in a like Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt and a pair of dingy jeans. And normally it's like, that would have been like, you know, not okay. But also I was the only person in the building. So, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is pointing out that the way we do it, where it's so strict and it's these specific things and it's the things in it are not necessarily logical leaps to make. That's what I'm getting at. Logical leaps to make are what we need to teach them about workplace attire. Not you can't wear this color. Not your pants must be this long. Not mm, tank tops mean you're a slut. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's N- like, ugh, a black belt with brown shoes, you monster. Yeah, it's like if they like they could end up in a warehouse and having to wear a uniform. They could end up having to wear a suit every day. Although that's incredibly unlikely. I think by the time these kids grow up, suits will be for formal occasions. Mm-hmm. Like even tech giants, it's jeans and t-shirts now. Um, or they could end up like in between, like I am. Or, and then they could have like teachers, which is the weirdest place to be in. I worked at a school where we had to pay to wear jeans. It was a dollar and we could only wear them on certain days and we had to pay. Otherwise, she wanted us wearing as close to suits as we could get. She wore like fucking Gucci every day because principal, she got paid too much money. And she drove a, um, what's the word? Is it a Range Rover I'm thinking of? Land Rover? Maybe it was, I think it was, a, it was, a, no, an it ex- wasn't. An, ex- uh, an expensive she, SUV. She drove a car that John Ralphio would jump in front of. A Lexus? It wasn't a Lexus, I don't think, but it was that breed. That was that breed. She told us we weren't allowed to wear any comfortable shoes, particularly sneakers without a doctor's note. But at the school, we were actively discouraged from taking days off of work. So when was I going to get a doctor's note for my bad back? <laughs> she... I believe told us we had to wear hose if we had skirts. And she, I think, told the guys they had to wear ties. I told my students in every conversation that teachers have dress codes because we are told that the students will not respect us if we do not dress a certain way. 
And every time, every time a kid said, that's bullshit, they just didn't say that because they're teaching their kids, but they said, we'll respect you if you respect us. We don't care what you're wearing. And I didn't prompt them to say that. I didn't say, oh, I think they're wrong. They brought that up. They like you met a kid who actually really cared what you were wearing I think... other than when you were dressed as the cat in the hat. No, never. Um, I'm trying to even think back. It's like the only times I remember like what a teacher wore was on Halloween because damn, that is a nice costume. Yeah. And I had a substitute teacher who I've talked about before on the Jill Biden episode who wore a suit every time she came in. But that was it. Uh, the next reason, of course, is distraction. There's this claim that they don't want clothes that distract others from learning. And that was part of the SCOTUS ruling because of the armbands. Uh, oddly, this type of thing, the armbands, I mean, is now protected under your First Amendment rights. You can wear the armbands now in most places. And kids are allowed to wear t-shirts proclaiming their political leanings, their other beliefs teachers are not. In some cases, schools ban things like bright hair colors, mohawks. Because they think they'll be distracting. They don't allow clothes. Some some don't allow clothing with any writing on them. Other schools um, don't allow this. This makes sense to me because this would not be allowed in 99% of workplaces. Nothing sexually explicit. Nothing with curse words. Nothing promoting violence. Unboard with that. I would say like distracting is also a like, you know, an interesting word because like if there's something with lots of sequins on it, I would be very distracted by yeah. shiny objects. Yeah. I would I'd, I would be able to learn but I'd keep like. Huh? What's that? Huh? And it goes way too far. I mean, if you want to have a school where it's like no writing on T-shirts, it's inconvenient, especially for kids in poverty. It's not a, gay, a breaker for a lot of things. Obviously, like nothing explicit. Cool. We can live with that. The hair colors get the fuck over it. Mm -hmm. But many dress codes still gender their distraction based codes, like literally writing the gender on there, which is illegal. Um. Some even go so far as to allow kids, uh, disallow kids, to not dress outside of the gender that is written on their paperwork. Also illegal. This is mostly directed at girls. I'm going to be very gendered in this next little bit because this is the boys versus girls thing that schools use. I'll get to the other genders in a second. Common dress code rules. No unusual hairstyles like mohawks, bright colors, or basically anything that says you're from a non-white culture. That applies to both genders. No hats. Both genders. No hoodies. Both genders. Or if they allow hoodies, no hoods up. Mm -hmm. They say it's because they can't see your eyes. Uh, no spaghetti straps or, in some cases, tank tops at all. Girls. No skirts or shorts that can't reach a certain length. Girls. No skirts or dresses at all. Girls. Which is interesting because if they don't specify boys in there, they can't technically get the boys in trouble. No visible cleavage. Girls. No midriffs. Girls. No bra straps showing. Girls. No obvious makeup. Girls. No hair dye at all. Girls. Must wear a bra. But you also can't wear a bra. That makes your boobs too obvious. Girls. And also, how? If you are a chesty girl, a bra will make your boobs look larger, even if you've got a very thin and not especially supportive bra, which also you need. And also, why are they looking at the girl's boobs so closely? Why? Now, if their tit falls out, yeah, maybe say something. And also, pointing out here, we had some teachers at our high school who kept their rooms cold and set the chesty girls at the front. Maybe we should discourage them from looking at chests. No leggings as pants. Girls. Then we get to the boys. No saggy point pants. No tank tops that show the chest. No visible t uh, no visible boxer boxers or underwear. No long hair. No earrings. That's the boys' list. Huh. Notice the difference. Yeah. 
While some may argue that this is because girls' clothing is more varied than boys, which is true. I'm going to show off my midriff more often now. It's not why. And in fact, even though this is illegal and you can't say this, they still tell girls that they can, that it's to avoid distracting the boys. That's illegal. They can't again, say this. Again, it's like, maybe if you're like wearing sequins, I'll be distracted just because there's shiny objects. That's really about it. Yeah. You're either a kid who gets distracted or you're not. Now, telling girls this tells them that they are at fault if a boy assaults them. It tells boys. Now, this is what we leave out. And I feel like this, this part could change the discussion. It tells boys things, too. It tells them that we understand you can't control yourself. We expect you to stare at them. We expect you to snap the bra straps. We expect you to grab the asses. We expect you to make the comments. It tells them it's okay because they can't control it. And it's the girl's fault. And the thing is, no matter how old you are, when you're repeatedly told something is true about you or expected of you, you begin to believe it. And so if you have a kid who is constantly told this is what you are, they're going to start believing it and likely start embodying it. If you're getting a kid in trouble for something that they didn't do and you're doing it repeatedly, they're going to start doing it because if they're going to get in trouble anyway, you might as well have the fun. We are hurting the boys as at least as much as we're hurting the girls because we are giving them permission. And I don't blame the boys. Developmentally, this is not their fault. Now, I'm talking developmentally, obviously. If you're a rapist, you made a choice. But we're telling them that we expect this of them. And maybe, maybe if we brought this part into the conversation, maybe we could start convincing people that these dress codes are wrong. So girls also on this point start to believe, oh, well, if I dress like this, these are clothes I have, I must be a slut. And my body is inappropriate. They start to internalize that too. And if you're constantly commenting on a person's body and appearance, that's directly connected to body image and eating disorders. We suck by allowing this. When I was a teacher, a girl came into my room upset because she had been dress coded for wearing a tank top. It was not a cleavage showing tank top. It was not a spaghetti strap. And also, our dress code said nothing about tank tops. They were not mentioned. And our principal dragged her into the office. This is an excellent kid, good student, nice kid, had never done anything wrong in her fucking life, I guarantee you, and was told that her shoulders, they actually said your shoulders are distracting the boys. Again, unless like your shoulder has like a tattoo with a like, you know, naughty limerick written on it, it would not be a distraction. Now, this was a new principal. Our previous principal had a dress code, which was no boobs, no butts, no bellies. That was it. And I could probably get on board with that if it was no chests, no butts, no bellies, nothing explicit. That's I think that covers what's going to be happening in a workplace. And we were told, like, don't dress code kids too often. And if you have to dress code a kid, do it discreetly. We have extra shirts. We actually did have not obvious extra shirts, at least while that principal was there. And this kid walks into my classroom. She's upset. She not only tells me, though, she tells the entire class what had happened with this principal. The girls nodded. They already knew. The boys erupted. They, I have, this was a, such a nice group of boys. I had never seen them so angry. They were saying things like, we don't do that. We are not distracted by shoulders. We don't really notice what anyone wears. And most importantly, this kid looked me in the eye and said, do they really think so little of us? They do. They shouldn't. You control your actions. Don't tell them how you're supposed to, don't let them tell you how they're supposed to act. Then let's get to the other genders, non-binary, transgender questioning. Some of these rules do apply regardless of gender. They keep the dress and skirt length and short length universal. The tank top thing is universal. Doesn't matter what gender you are. You can't wear these specific things. 
But some of them, like I said, require you to go by the gender that is on your paperwork. Boys can't wear dresses. Girls can't wear ties. Girls can't have short hair. Boys can't have long hair, particularly if it has a bow or some shit in it. This is illegal. And this is just some petty bullshit. Yes. Like, this is like, this is like footloose times 10. And I have seen a boy get in trouble for this as well. In that same school, which had no rules like this, and in fact was explicitly acceptable of kids wearing things that were not from their assigned at birth gender. Um, He wore a headband, God forbid. And he was humiliated over it, told boys don't dress like that. He had gotten it um, as part of a school thing. It was given him by the school. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you see how much like more I'm starting to talk about this shit? Yeah. I went, guys, I went through some shit. Listen to your kids. Believe your kids. Mm-hmm. Teachers can't tell you anything. There have been just like years where she, I would hear about what a principal had done and I'd just be furious because it's like there, there is zero accountability at that level. It's just shocking and it's horrible and like... How? How is there no accountability yeah. for these people? Like I mentioned my new, my no boobs, no butts, no bellies principle. I ad- I adored her. And at one point I went into her office and I yelled at her because I didn't agree with something. And she just let me because she knew why I was upset. If I had done this with a couple of my other principals, I would have been fired on the spot, which is very hard for them to do, but much easier than it is to fire principals. All right. <laughs> then let's get into uh, racial discrimination. Ugh. And again, guys, this is all part of the distraction category. I'm not just switching topics. This all goes under the reasons they give. If you go to the news section on Google and type in dress code discrimination, you get 115,000 results. If you type, if you add the word schools, you get 70,300 results. If you change discrimination to racist keeping schools, you get 113,000 school uh, results from news stories. Now, granted, wow. these are worldwide. There's a lot happening in France, a lot happening in the UK, but a lot is here too. And a lot of this has to do with hair. A district in Texas decided to start enforcing their long hair rules after 30 years. It is Texas. Chances are a lot of white boys don't have long hair. But you know who does? Black boys with locks. And so a boy named DeAndre Arnold was uh, attended the ironically named Barbers Hill High School. And he wasn't allowed to go to class, prom, or graduation because he had dreadlocks that violated the long hair rule. In California... Tanaya Middle School removed a boy from class for having shaved designs in his hair. He was not allowed to return to class until it had grown out. In Tulsa, though those kids are both teenagers, a seven-year-old girl was sent home because her locks weren't, quote, presentable. I looked at a picture. They were fine. And her dad was a barber. Hair extensions have also gotten many girls suspended all over the country. And while white girls do have them, it's not as often as black girls. But it's not just hair. A school in North Carolina banned galets, which are traditional African headwear, saying like, this is my culture. Schools nationwide ban do-rags. And predominantly black schools are the ones that ban hoodies most of the time. And kids interpret that probably correctly as school officials saying, obviously, you're hiding weapons and drugs. Maybe they just like to be warm. Yeah, there's some cold schools. Oh, yeah. I worked in one, and that's where I got in a lot of trouble for not enforcing the dress code because um, my room did not have heat. You could see your breath, and I was supposed to tell the kids they had to stay there in their short-sleeved uniform shirts. Fuck no! You cannot learn in a classroom that is 30 degrees! And I'm wearing a coat. I'm not telling them they can't. I got in so much trouble. I don't care. Fuck you. So who is distracted? Because in all my years, teaching, schools, 
kid, whatever. Not once did I ever see a kid complain about somebody else's outfit. I think there was one time where I had, saw a kid say, I can't see around his hair. And it was a white kid with a mohawk. And the kid goes, oh, sorry, and moved to the back of the room. Didn't get dress coded because it didn't violate the dress code. So who is distracted? The adults in the school, which we should be very, very concerned about. Unfortunately, there are still cases every single year of kids being raped by teachers, and we do not hear about most of them because they don't get reported. And while most of these teachers who report these dress code violations are not pedophiles, they are afraid of getting in trouble themselves, we... We should not be encouraging adults to look at children's bodies. We should not be telling kids that it's acceptable for adults to be looking at or talking about their bodies in a way that says, I can see your body and it makes me uncomfortable. Why are we telling kids that's okay? We should be telling kids the opposite of that. Um, and then, you know what distracts from learning? A teacher stopping the class to dress code a kid, sending a kid out of the room to dress code them. That's distracting. And when there is a pedophile involved, which is not common, but more common than we think, I'm not saying that because I knew anybody. I would have reported the shit out of that and I would have risked my job happily. A child is not responsible for the thoughts or actions, no matter what they are wearing, of this adult or other person. Period. End of story. That person should not be allowed in the classroom. It's not their fault. So that's the official reasons. Safety, bullying prevention, preparing for life after school, and distracting others. But as we've seen, that's bullshit. So let's talk about how they punish these kids. Oh, no. Because it is punitive. Sometimes they provide clothes, which sounds great on the surface, right? You got this desk violation. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to give you something like a hoodie, right? No, 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 no. They give you something that clearly doesn't fit you, way too big, or in some cases, way too small and also in violation of the dress code, but it's there, so it's okay. Or your gym clothes, which also violate the dress code because they're so fucking short. Or, and these are dress code clothes, the kids recognize them. And in one horrific case in 2014, a student in Florida got in trouble for a short skirt she had just moved to this district and did not know her skirt was violating the rules. And she was brought to the office and put in a neon yellow t-shirt that said dress code violation on it, along with red sweatpants that said the same thing down the side. What? Her Why? options were that or in school suspension. They had this kid go through a whole day of humiliation. And the, that's just awful. Tell me that's not distracting. Um, then they also put them in in school suspension or suspend them outside of school to keep them out of their learning environment so their clothes can't hurt anyone else. I've seen kids put in ISS for dress code violations and kids make violent, violent threats who are told, now, sweetie, don't do that again. Give them candy and sent back to class. Mostly girls who get the, the suspensions and the and regardless of gender, you make a violent threat, you get candy. Um, this is a problem. And if they come back to school with another violation, they are usually given out of school suspension. Class time is less important what they're wearing. And these kids go into it knowing I can't just get new clothes. I can't just go to even Target or Walmart tonight and get a whole new wardrobe. This isn't possible. Sometimes they're giving, given demerits, which is an antiquated system where they get points for being good and lose points for being bad. Think the Harry Potter point system because it is completely at random and at the teacher's discretion. There are supposed to be rules. There are no rules. And this has been proven not just ineffective, but um, to actually make behavior worse after the demerit system goes away. Every single time they're humiliated. Doesn't matter how delicately you're handled, being handled, you are being told, I am looking at your body and your body offends me. You have made poor choices that are now hurting me because of the way your body looks. I will say I am not the only teacher who refused to dress code kids. There are a lot of us out there. And if they do notice, which most of us don't, because, again, not looking at your kids' boobs, we quietly 
pull them aside and say, do you have a hoodie? Do you have a friend with a hoodie? You're not in trouble with us, but we know your other teachers. And if they don't have anything, we try to help them find something because we don't want them losing class time because God forbid they grew a couple inches, you know? So uh, here's the, I've mentioned a few times that things are illegal. It's very true. According to the ACLU, dress codes can't overtly discriminate. Requirements can't differ based on race or sex and must apply to everyone. Having the girls and boys delineations is fucking illegal in most states. And here's the issue, though. You can't prove discrimination easily unless it's got like the boys or girls delineation or if they say black kids can't wear this or whatever, which they're not going to do on that one. Because if you have a black student who gets in trouble for wearing a do-rag, but there are no white students wearing do-rags, you can't prove that they were discriminated against because they are black. Now, if you've got some white kids who wear do-rags to school who did not get in trouble, then you can. Dress codes can't ban students from dressing in accordance with their gender identities. Again, state laws kind of apply here, but you've got a solid fucking case. Dress codes can't be unevenly enforced between gender, race, etc. Any article you look at will tell you that kids of color... Girls and LGBT students are punished at much higher rates for dress code violations than kids who are white and or male and or straight. Dress codes can't bar viewpoints like religious beliefs or political leanings. The exception is if your school doesn't allow any words or images on clothing. Because you can't say, oh, I'm not allowed to wear my Trump shirt because of my political beliefs when nobody's allowed to wear a shirt that has stuff on it. You can also ban jewelry entirely, but that gets a little iffy if you have religiously based jewelry like rosaries. You could probably make a solid argument for that, but you probably couldn't make an argument for wearing MAGA earrings under that same premise. If your school is violating any of these, you likely have a case. However, state right, states vary, and it's not going to be easy. Go to the school board. Tell them what happened. Document, document, document. If they refuse to do anything, lawyer up and go to the media. They don't like being embarrassed. Uh, and then this week, another law was enacted on January 20th. So yes. Yes, it was Inauguration Day. Biden signed the executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. He mentioned children regarding restrooms, locker rooms, and school sports. But then he said adults shouldn't be, quote, defired, demoted, or mistreated based because of whom they go home to or because of how because how they dress does not conform to sex-based stereotypes he later says all persons should have equal treatment under the law meaning the adult comment comment also in theory applies to students so by executive order schools should not um i think it's 100 days from now schools should not be able to tell your boy your assigned male at birth kid that he can't wear a dress that she can't wear a dress that they can't wear a dress whatever they go by and if they do, be like, well, Biden says, fuck you. And then one of the things you kind of mentioned this earlier, America says your rights can't infringe on somebody else's rights. Like you can own a gun. Mm -hmm. You cannot go to the mall and wave the gun around. Yeah. Because that infringes on their rights to, you know, life. Liberty, the pursuit of yeah. discounts. But this also gets murky. What if your clothing is offensive to some, but also fits under your First Amendment rights or religious beliefs? That came up in October of last year, 2020. In Tennessee, a girl went to school wearing a t-shirt that said homosexuality is a sin. If anything's going to be distracting in class, it's that. And the school used the stupidest argument to say why she got in trouble. Um, she was pulled out of class and told to change. Her dad, a self-proclaimed street preacher for an anti-LGBT group, 
sued the district because he said it violated freedom of speech and religion and point out the classroom had a, quote, pro-homosexual symbol on display, which is probably a safe space sticker saying that this teacher is safe for you to talk to. The school argued that the shirt, I told you it was a stupid reason, was sexually connotative, basically because it had the word sex in it. It was inappropriate. Which is a shit argument because it's not. It's harassment. It's aggression against your other students. It's telling them that I don't like you. If I wore a shirt when I was a kid to school that said being black is a sin. Oh, you would have been expelled and rightfully so. Yes. And also it would have because it violated the rights to a safe school environment for all of my black peers. So that's what she did here, was mm-hmm. she got rid of the right to a safe school environment. Um, the uh, obvious response to this is if she's allowed to, everyone needs to get a shirt because I'm that says, I'm assuming her name is Karen, because I just, She's a kid and they didn't put her name. Karen is it's like getting a shirt that says, uh, Karen is a bitch. Or Jesus says Karen's a bitch. <laughs> Jesus says Karen also sins. Yeah. Now, I do want to say, like, I don't blame her. She's a kid. She does not make her own clothing choices. She was raised by this evangelical person who is full of hate. I have seen, I went to Catholic school, as you know, and I have seen kids who were like this grow up to be completely, not just tolerant, but advocates for the LGBTQ community. You cannot grow this. And that's why I'm glad that her name wasn't put in anything, because hopefully she will. This case is not settled. We don't know what this, what they decided to rule. My guess is that they're going to rule in favor of the school for this, because A, they usually do, and B, it was hateful. It was hateful. And also, I have a feeling this guy is not well-liked in the community. Oh, no. So this just brings up, like, where do your rights begin and end? end? Like, where does your dress code infringe on someone else? And there just isn't a clear answer. But there is one thing that is clear is that on top of all the other things, dress codes discriminate against kids in poverty. Because you mentioned earlier, like, you never thought about the fact that kids grow making the shorts too short. And that's especially true for kids with any level of poverty or whose families don't have the time to buy new clothes even. It's just not as obvious and it's a lot harder to prove. Firstly, school uniforms. You mentioned this. Expensive, stringent, and much more common in high poverty areas where they use the reasoning of, well, now they don't have to buy a whole bunch of different outfits. They just have to buy one. No, they have to buy. You have to have a set of school clothes than a set of I'm not at school clothes. Exactly. You're not going to wear your uniform 24-7. I went to a uniform school. We on half days would walk to the McDonald's. And we would all change the McDonald's bathroom because we didn't want to be seen in our uniforms in public. And also, wearing your school uniform in public tells people where you go to school. It's expressly something they tell you to not let your kids do so they don't get kidnapped. Which, in family kidnapping, way more common. And they're forgetting in this that the rules are so strict that I had a kid whose mom came to me and said, my kid got suspended. I'm like, why? She's a good kid. She goes, she got dress coded. I was like, why? Because we had, we had to wear a green collared shirt with no logos. She had a brand logo that was maybe a half centimeter. Nobody would notice it unless they were staring at her chest, by the way. She got suspended. And her mom says to me, I don't know how I'm supposed to afford these uniforms. I get what I can get. I go to Goodwill. That's the only place I can go when I'm lucky if they have them. And so I told the principal and she goes, parents voted for this. Not these parents. That had happened before the recession, I believe anyway. That wasn't these parents. It was a different situation, different parents. And this kid was suspended because her family couldn't afford new clothes. And they even sometimes do things down to the sock color you're allowed to have. Well, if you have to go to Goodwill to buy socks, you get the socks you can get. The belt color you can have. Belts are fucking expensive. Like, so they forget that they are setting these kids up to fail. These kids can't meet that. And then it also is things like they have to fit perfectly. Your shirt has to tuck in. You can't show ankle from your pants because it's, you know, not professional. 
if you're growing an inch in three months and you also are on food stamps, what's going to take preference? (laughs) Then there are the things that apply whether or not uniforms are involved. I already mentioned the growing thing, but they're getting in trouble for growing. You know, a girl's chest gets bigger. All of a sudden there's cleavage in a shirt where there wasn't before. And she doesn't realize it till she got to school or her booty gets bigger. Her shorts get shorter. Kid gets taller. The shorts get shorter. Notice I'm not mentioning anything for boys because boys wear shorts that go down to their mid calf anyway. So nothing's yeah. happening there. I did, I did have a pair of like shorts that were like, it was my gym shorts. Mm-hmm. And at the start of seventh grade, they were of a normal length. Mm-hmm. But at the end of seventh grade, I looked like a basketball player from the 1970s yep and then this is a big one for me like this gets me real real riled up dirty clothes also clothes with holes in them and stuff but you know we should be teaching kids and parents how to fix those and not getting them in trouble for having clothes that have stitches on them um but dirty clothes clothes that smell or are visibly dirty are often considered dress code violations unless you can prove that they happen during the school day and that's not even going to keep you safe all the time Um, So these kids who are living in cars or homeless shelters or car surfing or just on the fucking street or are living in a home, a residence of some kind, but can't afford to use the laundromat, or if they can, they can use it once a week, once every two weeks. They are getting suspended and sent back to their car or their homeless shelter for a day while their parent is at work so they're not even supervised. We are hurting them. And there are solutions that we could implement. Solutions. Right here in Kansas City, students at Benjamin Banneker Elementary were often truant from school, meaning they weren't making the requirement to be in class 90% of the time. Only 46% were in class 90% of the time. A program affiliated with the school, because apparently the school didn't figure this out on their own, learned that this was because their clothes were dirty and they were embarrassed to come to school. So the school installed a washer and dryer and absenteeism went down with the requirements now being met by 84% of the students. Now I said earlier, I don't trust school data. This data is very hard to fake. And also this doesn't benefit them because this is an expenditure. So it doesn't benefit them to tell others to do it, especially within the same district. A lot of the Casey districts now do this. Um, This is something that should happen everywhere. Every single school, except for maybe some, not all private ones, have kids in poverty. Every school should have washers and dryers in them. It is not a big expenditure. Fuck, you can get them on Craigslist for 50 bucks. And you can get grants to cover them. You can get donors to cover them. It makes them look good. And that will keep kids in school. That will keep them from getting bullied. That will keep them from getting dress coded. If you've got a big school, you get a bunch of them, they drop them off at the beginning of the day, they pick them up at the end of the day. If you've got a small school, then you just, or if you can't get enough washers, you have a sign-up sheet. They come in, they do their laundry, they leave. It's not that deep. This is a solvable problem that everyone can solve. Every single school can solve this. And maybe it's worth the cost instead of buying banners for everything. Banners are not cheap. And one banner, about the same price as a fucking washing machine. It's crazy. Now, I mean, I know, I understand the hookups are expensive. Maybe we could, you know, stop paying for all the parties and assemblies where we hire outside groups to tell kids that drugs are bad because I think they know. Or uh, that's like, hey, drugs are bad. Now watch me rip this phone book in half because Jesus made me strong. Yes, actually, that that is a thing. <laughs> that was my favorite, favorite assembly I ever saw because it was so bad. And immediately when it was over, um, I had a class with my most sarcastic, the most sarcastic teacher I've ever had. And. We didn't learn any lessons that day. He just complained about the assembly. It was great. We should also, on that same token, have showers available that kids and families can use discreetly, but especially kids. I'm, I'm not. That's for people at the school level to figure out how to make that discreet, but they should have that available. 
Um, another solution, which I've also seen implemented, is for schools to take clothing donations from students, from parents, from the community, that they then just once a month, once a quarter, once a semester, set out and say, have at. They organize it by size, by gender, and say, have at. Free fucking clothes. Just because someone's kid outgrew them. They don't need them anymore. People are excited to not have to drive to Goodwill. They're already going to the school half the time. Mm-hmm. Just drop them off. And they usually have these, like, they sometimes do it during the school day or on right after but sometimes they do it on the weekend so that people don't have to be seen going you don't have to be of a poverty level they're not going to check that but this means that kids can get clothes that fit and it's not just this people do it for prom dresses too which is awesome it's been an hour austin it's fine okay and if schools insist on having dress codes then having a bin with appropriate clothing that isn't obvious is essential that's where the donations can come in too but just don't make them wear a fucking thing that doesn't fit that is obviously a I got dress coded thing and certainly doesn't say I got dress coded on it because fuck you. So this has been your overview of school dress codes. <laughs> I have feelings. Yes. But guys, stop sexualizing girls. Stop criminalizing kids of color. Stop telling kids what they're supposed to be and start fucking preparing them for life after school, which is learn to dress in a way that will not offend anyone without or not offend a sane, rational person. That will not cause reasonable offense. Yeah, that you can alter based on the needs of your future workplace. Yeah. Adaptability. Adaptability is what employers look for, not stringent following of rules. And if they are looking for that, that is a bad company and you should look for a new job. All right. Will this be on the test? Ready? Ready. Will this be on the test? Dress codes stem from our desire to force Native American students to assimilate. Oh, man. It depends on the grade. Because I feel like that's like, it's like, no, this can happen. Oh, they will never teach this in schools. Kids deserve to know all of this. Yeah. If you're cool with with me saying fuck, share this with your kids. I don't care. Supreme Court ruled that dress codes are allowed. Yes. Dress codes disproportionately hurt kids who aren't male, white, and or straight. Oh, no, no, no. Because that would show that schools are being discriminatory. And there are solutions that don't involve humiliation or punishment. They will never do that because there are some petty people in charge of school shit and they will stop at nothing to humiliate you. Yep. And guys, find a teacher you trust. We can't tell you a whole lot, but find a teacher you trust. If you are like in a situation where you're going to get in trouble for something stupid, find a teacher you trust. Yes. We will do our best to help you because we don't want you getting in trouble either. We think it's stupid too. Did you do the topic I suggested? I did do the topic you suggested. So this was a listener suggestion from Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. Um, So first of all, I was excited because I didn't have to like find a topic this week. Oh, God. He was like, I can't think of a topic. I think I'm like, oh, we had a we had a user listener suggestion. And he's like, perfect. Sold. Because like I was like struggling. I kept running into like stuff that annoyed me, but it wasn't entertaining. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. Then it's like, oh, okay. This is this one was actually good because, uh, first of all, this means we have at least one listener, so yay. <laughs> hey, no, we know we have two. Somebody else talked to us about our episode, and this was something that I knew had happened, but I didn't know any of the details of it. Kind of like plumbing. It's like I know plumbing exists and it makes water do stuff, but I don't know any of the details. But it does make our basement flood at least once a year. And so I'm going to be talking about something called the beer hall push. Are you sure on the pronunciation? No. Nine. <laughs> it's, I, I, I am just incapable of pronouncing anything in German, so this mm-hmm. is going to be a fun ride for everybody. <laughs> so uh, this isn't about an attempted coup. In Germany, in 1923, by Hitler, 
But before he was Hitler, before he was like the big national figure, he was just kind of a, a minor racist asshole instead of a global superpower racist asshole. And of course, his mob of right wing extremists who he riled up into trying to overthrow the government. Uh, you know, this is absolutely one of those uh, history repeating itself moments, and I hate every part of this. So <laughs> I'm just going to share it with you. Yeah, if he has to know it, you have to know it. I say that to him a lot after mm -hmm. I look up horrible diseases. So this is going to need a lot of background before we can actually get into what happened. So All right. Germany was not doing so hot after World War One. I. I mean, in school, we learned about that they had to pay reparations to France, and it was a lot, and it caused hyperinflation. But we don't learn about the ramifications of this. Because, yes, they had to pay rep uh, reparations to France and England and the rest of Europe because they were blamed 100% for World War One, which they weren't 100% responsible for World War One. They just 100% lost World War One, and everyone was super mad, so they... Isn't that dude who shot the Duke responsible for World War One? There's like, the way we learned it in school, there anyway. There is no one thing that caused World War One. It was just escalation and people feeling like they couldn't back down and growing nationalism. So it's a playground scuffle with guns. Yes. Mm. So an American playground scuffle, if you will. So um, it so in order to pay these pay things, they actually had to print money to pay it, which caused the the uh, value of the Deutschmark to plummet. Uh, when uh, in 1918, 17 marks was the about the equivalent of one U.S. dollar. That was the exchange rate. By 1923, uh, $1 was worth 4.2 billion marks. Aren't there still countries like that today? Yeah, there's still countries like that today. And it's it's not good to be in those countries. Like, And this is where we tell stories about people using entire wheelbarrows of cash to simply buy bread, or people who were burning bundles of money because the money was worth less than the coal that they would buy, that they had to, they would buy to heat their houses. And just like all these things, like they would actually, money was developing so rapidly, they'd print money, realize this is worthless now, so they'd have to go through and stamp more zeros onto the end of it. And this, and there was actually an anecdote of a, a retired man who, in 1918, had a, a pension of 100,000 marks a year. Which is, you know, it's a sizable pension at the time. It's like you could live comfortably on it. However, by the end of this, his pension was not even enough to buy a single one-way subway ticket. Yee. So this was bad. People were starving. People's savings were worthless. It was very bad. And to top it all off, like, and the reparations were relentless. They saw that Ger all of the German people were suffering, that the government was powerless to do anything about this, and they didn't care. France even went so far as to occupy the Ruhr Valley, which was kind of Germany's industrial center, to get their money directly by taking Germany's natural resources and industry. That's how they were going to get their money. They were... Uh, you think, like, you know, uh, our student loan people are bad. France was worse. And so, as a result of this, there were strikes, there was sabotage, there were mass arrests of peaceful, uh, peaceful protesters, and occupying French troops actually killed people in this situation before peacefully protesting against them, seizing German production. I think that production. train driver is enjoying the horn too much. Yeah. And while all this is happening, the uh, newly founded German Weimar Republic was floundering. They couldn't handle any of this. Like, the government, like, dissolved and reformed several times during this. No one was really staying in power for long. It was bad. And groups to the far on the far left and the far right were both at the same time trying to overthrow the government. Uh, even in some cases, they started working together. So it was bad. 
be like if Bernie Sanders and Mitch McConnell get for a tag team wrestling duo. Bernie's not getting out of that chair. He's got his mittens. He's good. Man, Bernie's brought the steel chair. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there were actually two serious coup attempts even before the beer hall push happened. And this was all happened in Munich, which was the capital of Bavaria. Uh, this is where the Nazis would try, you know, their coup. And the state of the Bavaria was on the verge of seceding from Germany. They were so fed up with everything, they thought, well, if we can secede from Germany or threaten to secede, we might be able to force some changes. So this was very bad. And Munich had a pretty far-right national government in place. Uh, there was Gustav von Kahr, who was basically the dictator of Bavaria at this point. And it was... Things were rapidly spinning out of control. And meanwhile, while this was happening, the Nazis were attracting followers like crazy. And it was partly because Hitler was a good public speaker and was you know, convincing people that, hey, these problems, I can fix them. And he, they did it probably by, sp by spreading two big lies. The first lie was that Germany was stabbed in the back. They would have won World War I if these Marxist civilians hadn't, you know, forced them into signing the Versailles Treaty with these reparations, which were causing all of these problems. Now, it is worth noting that by no means was Germany going to win World War I. This lie even went so far as to saying that Germany never lost a single battle in World War I. <laughs> they were undefeated on the ground. And this was Oh, look at them altering their data. Yeah, this was widely repeated and spread. And Actually, wait, I shouldn't say that because schools are not Nazis. That's not, not fair. Well, not all of them. Some of them are. Some individuals are. Yeah. Schools that schools themselves are not. Yeah. This was this lie was widely believed. Like the public ate it up, even though there was direct evidence, even from people who were there, like, no, we lost these battles, and no, we were going to lose this war. Like even contemporary, like everyone. The contemporaries were like, no, Germ there was no way Germany was going to win this war at this point. They had lost. Like, they had no choice but to surrender or be completely annihilated. And that was that was it. But there was uh, General Ludendorff, who uh, was was part, who was part was with the Nazis, and this was his second coup attempt. And also, General Hindenburg also kind of spread this lie that, oh, yes, we would have won this war. Did he invent the blimp? The blimp was named after him. Oh, and again, a big chunk of Germany believed this because they were suffering and everything was bad. But you know what? Germany, Germans, you're good. This isn't your fault. This was the others. And the others that were responsible for this, the November criminals, as they were called, these civilians that forced the surrender, were actually the Marxist and the Jews. And it was all part of that reprehensible global Jewish conspiracy bullshit that we talked about in the Henry Ford episode. All part of that. Again, widely repeated across the country. So these big lies were told to people who were suffering, and they believed it, despite all evidence to the contrary. Desperate people believe things desperately. And also, another little bit of background on this. Uh, German beer halls are not just bars. These were very large bars, where people would drink and debate, and it would host speakers. So it was kind of like a public forum mixed with a tavern. So now we get to November of 1923, when this coup happened. Uh, Hitler decided now was the time to make his move. He was going to kidnap Carr and uh, then march on Munich and overthrow the government like Mussolini had done successfully in Rome the year before. Because Mussolini did the exact same Great thing. Great role model. Great role model. Well, <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
Carr was having a meeting in a large beer hall with the leader of the police and the leader of the army and a bunch of their followers who were coming to listen to him talk and debate and discuss what was going on in Germany. So Hitler and his gang, first of all, several hundred Nazis. Not to be associated with the Scooby gang. Yeah. Scooby would have nothing to do with this. Fred, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he had the look. He did have the look. And that ask, that, that Was that ascot covering up a swastika tattoo? We may never know. On the neck. Ooh, Fred. Yeah. Daphne, you can do better. I don't even care if he's a Nazi or not. Yeah. Daphne can do better. So uh, hundreds of Nazis surround this beer hall. And then Hitler and his gang storm in and Mustache Boy fires his pistol into the ceiling to get everybody's attention. That's what I do. Whenever I need anyone's attention, just mm-hmm. in the ceiling. I don't know where I got the pistol from. It kind of appears in my hand. Now, at this point, Hitler, like, the Nazis were going to try and take several key government buildings at this time. It did not go well. The military was there in force and managed to drive them away in most of these situations. But Hitler was going to lie pretty successfully because he claimed that they had a machine gun in the lobby and that they had already taken over everything. Uh, then he delivered this line. It's like, I have four bullets in my gun, three for you and one for me if we fail. And they sort of called his bluff at first. But then Hitler gave a rip roaring speech that convinced that really convinced the crowd to go along with him that, yes, this was the right plan. We need to overthrow the government. So the three leaders uh, decided, yes, we are going to say that we support the Nazis at gunpoint. Sure. So after this, because, you know, Hitler had important coup business going on, uh, he left, le- leading General Ludendorff in charge. Um, Ludendorff fucked up Royal. <laughs> because after these three men promised, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll be good. We're definitely on board with this. He let them leave. <gasps> he con- didn't continue to hold them. They were not kidnapped. They left, and they went and quickly raised support against the Nazis throwing a coup. Sure. And uh, one of the big ways they got, like, the police and the army on board with this was by saying, do you really want a Prussian, because Ludendorff was Prussian, telling you what to do? Uh, So you know how, like, Kansas and Missouri have some beef, or, like, New York and Texas kind of have, like, a little, like, fake rivalry happening? New York and Texas? Yeah, uh, like according to uh, movies and country music songs. Yeah, I was thinking New York and Boston. New York and Boston. Basically all of those like American rallies. Uh, this one is apparently much bigger because nothing can convince Bavarians to do to do something more than like be against something than saying a Prussian is for it. Oh, sure. It is like there is a rivalry there that is bigger than a lot of ours. So at this point, the coup had failed. These guys had gotten away. They'd raised support against it. And in a last ditch effort to basically pull this thing off, Ludendorff called for a spontaneous march of the Nazis on Munich to try and take over everything. There were about two to 3,000 Nazis marching. Uh, the way was blocked by a couple hundred police officers and military members. There was a brief standoff between them because they were blocking the way and a firefight broke out. It is unclear who started it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Nazis because fuck the Nazis. Yeah, it's. I'm so glad we get to hate Nazis again. Oh my God, that's the best part of Trumping out of office is I can say fuck Nazis and it's suddenly I'm not talking about him anymore. Well, you can also say fuck Nazis and it's okay. It's like, it's less acceptable to tell you what? No. Even though I hear, Some of them are very fine hear, people. Uh, uh, Rand Paul got really mad. That's like, I can't believe, you know, Joe Biden saying we should not support white supremacists is just an attack on me. It's like, what? What? It's like, that's very telling. I'm, so, like, I'm sorry. You just admitted you're a white supremacist. Yeah. It's like this. I, I feel like you don't know what your words mean. It's like that, that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah. It's, He's an idiot. Okay. Like. 
you can't just throw magnetic words at a fridge and say them and expect it to be okay. Yeah. So, uh, but the, but the aftermath left some pretty clear things that happened. The Nazis fled. This coup ended with a massacre. Uh, Hitler, uh, his shoulder was dislocated when the man standing next to him was shot in the lungs and died. But as he fell, he grabbed his shoulder and pulled him down, dislocating his shoulder. Um, Hitler managed to escape immediately, but was arrested two days later, hiding out with some friends. Uh, Goring was also there. He was shot in the leg and managed to escape arrest and fled to Austria. He uh, never fully recovered from his bullet wound and developed a pretty crippling morphine addiction, mm. which like became a thing later in the war because holy shit, Goring did drugs. He did a lot of drugs. He hung out with Rebecca Harkness. He like he probably did way more drugs than she did. Uh, Ludendorff uh, stubbornly continued the march, hoping that the mob would follow him. Um, he simply walked up to the police line, realized no one followed him, and he was peacefully arrested because he was kind of an old. He was an old, he was a fat old German man, and he just kind of walked up there and got arrested. Then, uh, in the end, sixteen Nazis were dead, four police had died, one civilian onlooker was killed, and hundreds were wounded. Yeah, guys, don't if there's a if there's a riot or a battle going on. Watch. Leave. Uh, that will do two things for you. One, keep you from getting shot. Two, keep you from getting arrested because they think you're part of it. Yeah. Uh, Carr was, and the leadership weren't really sure what to do in the situation because this was a fairly popular uprising and they didn't want to make anybody mad. Oh, jeez. And eventually, after some prodding from a future pope, they agreed, okay, fine, we'll press charges and arrest people. Uh, Carr was called a Judas by the Nazis for arresting Hitler. <laughs> And this trial was unusual, mm -hmm. to say the least. First of all, uh, Ludendorff was released serving zero jail time because uh, he promised he wouldn't do it again. And he said, I am not going to flee Bavaria. And then he fled Bavaria. Kind of and like Trump. Trump is like, trouble. America forever. And then he's like, I'm going to Scotland. And Scotland's like, no, no you're not. You're not. Um, of course, we don't know where Trump is right now. Somebody no. else might have taken him. So Ludendorff, zero consequences at all. He got to continue doing his stuff. Now, he... Did claim that like you know, I was so disgusted by Hitler and the Nazis that I never spoke to him again. But we found out much later that he spoke frequently with Hitler based on letters and writings and appointments. He was lying. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, Hitler had an actual trial, kind of. Uh, the judge was not the leading judge and a bunch of the uh, like lower court judges were Nazis and nationalist supporters. That'll help. Uh, and more importantly, this got Hitler national widespread coverage and was a free platform for him to talk about why he tried this coup and his defense of i love germany so much i can't stand to see this happen look what's happening to germany i love germany <laughs> it was pretty popular and the judge said well we can't give him a harsh sentence and even though he's austrian we can't deport him because he clearly is more german than any of us because he loves germany so much more what about his swimming career wasn't he a painter, too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Hitler got the minimum sentence of five years for treason, and he only ended up serving nine months of that. And on top of it all, he was sentenced to fortress imprisonment, which meant, which was like the absolute lightest. This was kind of a, you're misguided and you did something bad. This was like a no, no, no prison imprisonment because there was no forced labor. He was allowed visitors. He had relatively comfortable confinement. There's a photo of him and several people sitting in what looks like a, like a comfortable living room while he was in jail. There's like a library and like carpets and like a tablecloth. That kind of stuff is really common in 
Scandinavia, and they've it's proven effective, but probably not against Nazi white supremacists trying to create an up, sorry, uprising. Yeah, there was a pretty light uh, sentence for him. And uh, while he kind of viewed this as a state-sponsored vacation and learning, because he learned a very important lesson in this, and that was you can't, uh, you should gain power through legal means, not open revolt. So he was going to be a politician. Yeah. And also, he wrote Mein Kampf while he was in jail. Yeah. And then he spent all of this time and painting the dead and wounded Nazis from this uprising as martyrs and patriots. Probably literally painting them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and of course, after this, the Nazi party rose into real power. In the next election, they were the third largest political party in Munich, and they continued to grow until 1933, when Hitler rose to power as the Chancellor of Germany. And shortly after that, uh, Carr was sentenced to prison in Dachau, along with lots of other people who were killed and assassinated in the Night of Long Knives. Yeah, there was so. I've got questions about that name. Oh, it's exactly what it sounds like. Is it an episode later? It could be. There's like the interwar period in Germany is. Um, yeah, when we learned, when we were in school, it's one of those lessons that we should have learned, but we didn't. When and we home... were in school, it was pretty much Hitler magically came into power, and we ne oh they never mentioned that he was elected. Yeah. Oh yeah, but while uh, he, while Carr was being sent to uh, political prison and a concentration camp, uh, his train got stopped. And the SS dragged him off of the train and killed him before he arrived. Mm. So it's hard not to make connections between the Beer Hall Putsch and the attempted coup on our capital on January 6th. Misguided masses with a popular leader ignoring the truth and the push for light sentences in the sake of unity. <laughs> so I'm swimming in this hell now and you've had to join me. Yeah, in both cases, the entire book should be thrown at them, as well as every previous iteration of the book. Just throw books at them until they die. And I enjoy memes as much as the rest guy, but man, these, we need to stop laughing at these people and look at them as a serious threat, because this is a serious threat. Yeah. Um, and they're... the calls for Nazi Barbie that got shot trying to storm in and kill Congress people. It's like, she's not a murder. She's not misguided. She knew exactly what she was doing. And she does not deserve any level of sympathy. Well, and there are ones that their text messages from the day are gonna, are coming out because, like, this is how we know they were there. And one of them literally was, just stormed the Capitol, LOL. These people know what they're doing. They think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. They think it's smart. Like, there was also another guy who was just charged with threatening um, the life of AOC and it sounds like several other politicians. And they're like, oh, he was just venting on Facebook. Was he? Because then he stormed the Capitol and actually said, next time I'm bringing a gun. Oh, and of course, like the, the people saying it's like, oh, so what? He was carrying zip ties around. Big deal. Do you not own zip ties? Those aren't zip ties. Those aren't zip ties. Those are flex cuffs. Oh, I didn't mention this. Uh, one of the punishments for boys who violate dress code by sagging is to have their pants zip tied. And so every time they want to go to the bathroom, they have to go to the office, get them cut off, go to the bathroom, get it put back on. Oh, God. Why did you... How is your story more upsetting than Nazis? But yeah, no, those were flex cuffs. No one should have flex cuffs. Like, you have a flex cuff if you are a security guard, a police officer, or into bondage, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing there was not a lot of consent. No. They don't seem like no. a very consenty bunch. Well, it's it's just fascinating, because like, yes, like, what the shaman guy, his outfit is 
kind of fucking hilarious. And the fact that he's like, they won't serve me vegan food. That's hilarious, no, no, too. Organic food. Um, Yeah, organic food, whatever it might be. It, it's hilarious. But the overall thing, not hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you ready for questions? Because I actually forgot to write down questions because I just kind of threw this down and like stormed off to slope my head on the couch and not think for a bit after reading this. Oh, yeah. So will the fact that Hitler rose to power because they were lenient on him after a coup attempt be on the test? None of this will be on a test. No. Yeah. None of this will be on a test. I think we can just safely say that nothing I said here will be on a test because... We don't learn from our mistakes, and this is a mistake I feel like we need to learn from as, a, like, humanity. Well, and what's awful is history teachers are pointing this out when they teach. They're pointing out, like, this all, this happened again at this point. This happened again at this point. History repeats if we don't pay attention to when this, when it starts. But they're also not allowed to say that half the time. Yeah. And, of course— I love history teachers. And I will, love will the fact that Mussolini also marched on Rome and threw a coup in the exact same— A coup? A coup. A coup. He threw a coop. He like picked up a car with two doors I was and thinking, flung it like the Hulk. I was thinking eggs broken everywhere because it was a chicken coop. <laughs> so why do chicken coops only have two doors? Because otherwise they'd be a chicken sedan. If they had four doors, they'd be a chicken sedan. You got it. I was my brain went to the tutors, like the uh the royalty. I'm like, oh god, there's gonna be some joke there, but then no. No, no. So yeah, that was thank you for that suggestion, Christy. I loved it. <laughs> We oh, actually no, do I really really thank you. I was I was struggling and this is a good one. I hated it. Thanks, I hated it. Thanks, I hated it. <laughs> oh boy. Um so yeah, that was kind of a bummer episode, but you know, history's bummer tastic. Once yeah. in a while, like I try to type in like fun things from history and it's like an anecdote at most. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's like with you know, this is like a turnaround from our fun one last week that dealt with uh drug abuse and, you know, People, like, uh, trying to steal a woman's fortune. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Lady Gaga at the inauguration. <gasps> Lady Gaga. That was when I started crying. Oh, we also didn't introduce ourselves this episode, I don't think. We did. Did we? Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't know who we are by now, why are you here? Yes, come on. I think you've got a rough idea. Like, We're... who's starting on this episode? Like, I mean, maybe we got, maybe this is the one Taylor Swift started on, because she just now heard about us. Maybe. And she's like, okay, I'm going to listen to their old one before I get to the one where they talk about me. And she's like, ugh, they're talking about Nazis. This isn't the old, this is the new one. This is the new one. I don't know. Taylor Swift, we love you. Please don't judge us. Uh, but Lady Gaga rocking the national anthem in an amazing outfit. People were talking about her bird being like Katniss Everdeen in Hunger Games, but that was a, a dove of peace. It had the little olive branch. So was, it was like the opposite. I mean, it it definitely looked like the Hunger Games bird. I was so like pleased because she, you know, Lady Gaga wore a meat dress. Um, and I was pleased that she managed to bring in a little bit of her gaga-ness to this outfit. While still, like, being, like, tasteful. Yeah. Um, although, like, she if was... she'd shown up in a meat dress, I also would have been if on board. If she had shown up in a meat dress, I feel like she would have gotten dress-coded and she would have had to... <laughs> by the Secret Service. Yeah. Probably, probably. Well, actually, no, because then they could definitely tell whether or not she was hiding any weapons. Under that skirt, she could have been hiding, like, a whole village. She could have been, like, that... That character in uh, the Nutcracker up on the stilts where the kids run out from under the skirt. Oh god, that's a oh yeah. Nutcracker is terrifying. Next time that next time that life happens, we should actually go to the Nutcracker and like analyze but, it as but, adults. But why? Now, please, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go to a uh, ballet, I think we should go to see uh, Stravinsky's Firebird. It's about the Phoenix, and like you know, I wish more people would talk about the Phoenix. 
things that we miss from before. I miss going to live theater. I miss going to movies. We'll go to the opera again once this is over. <sighs> yes, the opera. We have Kansas City has an amazing we opera do. hall. We genuinely like, do. We complain about a lot of stuff around here, but we have an opera hall. Yeah, and it's good enough that they don't need microphones. Like, opera singers in general don't technically need microphones, but they straight up don't need them. Here, there's a bug on the wall. I was like, okay, when it first opened, I went on a tour, and part of it was, like, we were up, like, way at the back, and there was a guy on the stage talking in a normal voice about everything. I could hear everything he said. And he said, also, for those of you who aren't aware, no, I am not using a microphone. This is just me speaking. It's like, this is, this place is acoustic perfection. I used to take kids there every year for a field trip because if you live in the Kansas City area, the Opera House does a dress rehearsal, $5 per ticket for schools. Take your students, uh, usually middle school might be the age that they allow or late elementary, depends on the opera. It was amazing. My kids loved it. And these are kids, like, some of the kids had never seen a musical, let alone mm-hmm. an opera. I took them to see Pirates of Penzance, and they were bouncing in their seats. It was so cool. Oh, and the, the Everest one. The set was great. The set was amazing, because it was, like, all of these, like, white blocks. The light, lighting was Lighting great. was good. We weren't fans of the show, but that had nothing to do with the actors. The show, it was, just... it was, it was well acted. It was just kind of a, it was modern opera. It wasn't classic opera. Which is Which is fine, its own thing. But it wasn't yeah. our cup of tea. Yes. So Pirates of Penzance was. Pirates of Penzance was awesome. Uh, yeah, so t- don't forget to tell Taylor Swift that we could at least use, like, some new plumbing, new roof, or new like, house. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> at, at this point, like, Taylor Swift just, like, putting a thumbs up on a tweet of ours would yes, be fine. Yes, yes. Austin would lose his shit. Uh, like, we lo- I lost my shit. When I didn't Bell... post. I didn't post the photos of you at the Taylor Swift concert. I meant to. <sighs> you let me down. I need a new social media manager. No, when Kristen Bell liked our tweet, I he lied. he lost it, and then we got a retweet from Ken Jeong once, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, we are not that cool anymore. No, we it's like we uh, we flew too close to the sun. Tell your friends that if they want to listen to two very uncool people, they can check us out. Where can they find us? Why can they find they can find us on Twitter at on the test pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the test pod, on Instagram at on the test pod, and our website on the test pod.com. We are on every major and most of the minor podcast fa- platforms. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell everybody you've ever met. We would love to share this with more people and we get excited about it. We hope you guys get excited about it too, or, you know, excited, enraged. Um, and if you don't like us, don't leave a review. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Come on. Like, why? Like, what What happened to you that made you so mad that you need to, like, you know, yell at a couple of minor podcasters who are just sitting in, at home peacefully in watching their cats? In a closet in incredibly uncomfortable chairs. Yeah, we need to get more comfortable chairs. We need to clean out this closet. <laughs> we are sitting in a closet that has a mattress and other shit in it, by the way. And by the way, uh, and tonight I'm cleaning out my closet, just like Eminem. And I guess on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed. Let's go eat. I'm starving.